0: Hello and welcome to the Travel Agent Interview. I am your host, Megan Chappa, and I am really happy to welcome back Keith and Martha Powell. Welcome.
1: Hi, Megan. Hi, Megan. How are you?
0: I am wonderful. I am chilly in England because that's what we do here this time of year. But <laughs> I know you guys are warm in New Mexico. Oh, we're
1: not. We're we're high desert, so we're uh, in the morning and the evening. It's been twenty six degrees, but oh. this year we haven't had any snow yet or any moisture, so it's just twenty six cold, and it warms up to yeah, about 40, right 45 15, to
2: fifty. 50 yeah. yeah, so we're, we're we're okay. I mean, it could be worse, I yeah. guess. But um, it doesn't anyway. feel
0: unrewarding though. Like, if it's going to be that cold, Mother Nature, you might as well give us some snow, like give us something Yeah, yeah, yeah. right.
2: Right, right. A
1: little a little wine and some coffee and, and whatever a <laughs> would be nice. Would, yeah.
0: So to lead into these guys and their specialty, if you haven't heard their first episode, Keith's already dropping the hint that they these guys do exclusively wine tourism and they're wonderful to to hear talk about what they do and uh, we'll get into that in a second if you haven't listened to their first episode please go back and listen to it it was wonderful but uh, that cruise has gone and passed we'll talk about their upcoming ones and hip and how you can get on those but uh, let's uh, my sister told me I need some humor in my podcast and she's probably right so I have a humorous story but I want to hear your humorous travel story because you guys are excellent storytellers so Martha would you give us your story?
2: Sure. Oh, I want to tell you a funny story that happened um, on our Mexico winemaker's cruise. Mm. And um, one of our guests had lots of fun in port and then returned to the ship and continued to have more fun. Uh Well, that was all great, but I have to tell you, he told us the story after. But in the middle of the night, fuzzy from a day of maybe too much fun, Joe, who sleeps in his birthday (laughs) suit, had to do the rest. (laughs) And he opened the door to what he thought was the bathroom, all fuzzy and everything, and, he, and the door closed, closed behind him. And he found himself naked in the hall hu- <laughs> on, on the ship in the hallway. And he realized, when he finally opened his eyes, clearly that he was not in the bathroom. <laughs> so he tried to try and open the door, and it was locked because, you know, on cruise ships, doors automatically lock. Yes, they do. So, Apparently it was like three in the morning and the ship was pretty quiet by that time so he just dashed to the uh, front desk and uh, got himself a key they didn't ask for ID obviously and then <laughs> he, he didn't have any it. on him no he didn't he actually had nothing on him right and so then he uh, got back to his room and everything and the next day he told the story and I'll tell you to this day he cannot live that story down it was just it was it was it was great storytelling and and uh, and we won't let him forget it. And every once in a while I like, drop him a message on Facebook and, and say, hey, can you tell me that story again? But uh, it was a hoot. And Megan, that's the naked facts. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. That's really funny. Well, I have a um Oktoberfest story, so also surrounding lots of daytime fun, and a group of three men that... Might be listening to this show, so I will leave their names out. But they went, uh, they had a pretty heavy day of tasting beer. And then they also had a lot of like oysters and shellfish or whatever was being served. And one of them got ill and said, I have to go back to my room. I have to go back to my room. I have to go back to my room. And so, He went back to his room and he was like violently ill all over his room. And then he felt so much better. And he came back to his friends and he said, I feel so much better, but you guys should be careful because maybe you had some bad shellfish too. And they went on with the day and he, you know, went back to his room later to take a nap and noted that his room was pristinely clean and realized to his horror that somehow his hotel key worked on another room. Oh and that, no. yes. And he went to the oh. front desk and said, please tell me and no one ever fessed up to it. No one ever said, like, please help me with my room. Like so. Um maybe it's oh, grosser no. than funny, but
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But anyway, oh. um hmm, yeah, put the lock on your hotel room because sometimes those keys will allow unwanted and ill guests into your room
2: oh goodness gracious that's funny yeah funny
0: well um so let's talk about the last cruise that you guys did for 2017 it was in Alaska and the pictures and the commentary on your pages was just Phenomenal. It looks like it was really wonderful. Can you give us a little bit of feedback and a quick rundown on how that cruise went?
2: Sure. We uh, did a week in Alaska and uh, it was, I'm going to say it in one word, perfect. The weather was perfect. The ship was great. And of course the wine was awesome. Zach Smuggler Winery, who's a New Mexico winery here locally, uh, did a fantastic job as our VIP winemaker, mm-hmm. and he just brought some of his fabulous wines on board, and we just really had a wonderful time. I have to tell you that we had 10, uh, 10 guests book for this next year coming coming up in 2018, and uh, that's how uh, people, you know, on board, which is really great because they, they had such a great time that they were ready to say, I want to do it again. And I'm right. going to actually... Uh Keith's going to cover the 2018 cruise, Winemakers' Cruise. It's our actual 10th annual,
0: which is <gasps> fabulous. That is a good mile walker. Well, let's,
1: uh, let's look forward. And I would just add that Alaska, uh, we had a bear of a time because we saw lots of wildlife, too. Mm. And I'm not talking about pastors. We had uh, bears mm-hmm. and eagles and um whales and uh, we had the full gamut of uh, wildlife experience and uh, really up close and personal. It was really sensational. I showed the pictures. People said, were you that close to the wildlife? And the answer was yes. Didn't have to use telephoto lens or anything like that. Uh, the other side of it was we were uh, actually had a cold time in the one day because we were up against the icebergs, and mm. that was also uh, just phenomenal the experience. And that was actually our coldest day. We had the best weather they were saying in Alaska in over ten years, and it was just it was just picture perfect as Martha said. But uh, being up close to the wildlife and seeing those glaciers so close. And I had people say, well, what was your telephoto lens? That was not a telephoto lens. Yes. That's how close we were. So that was great. But we're on to 2018 and our 10th. Year, our 10th annual winemakers cruise. And this one is every year we try to be unique. And this year certainly captures that because we're doing a fall foliage cruise. We're cruising out of Boston Harbor, which of course has its own significance and great historical facts. And people will come in a day before and enjoy or two the day before or two of uh, the Boston area in Massachusetts. And, um, We're going to sail out of Boston and up the coast, and our first uh, port of call is going to be Bar Harbor, (coughs) Maine. Excuse me. Bar Harbor, Maine is a very um, unique port. It's um, a beautiful area for uh, foliage in that, and, of course, they have Acadia National Park, which people can visit, and lots of shops. And one of the high points of that is to have what they call a lobster roll, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a... Hot dog only. It's done with lobster. The bread is special. Of course, the lobster is phenomenal, locally sourced, and uh, that's a great experience as well. From there, we go up further into uh, Nova Scotia, and we're making two stops in Nova Scotia. Halifax, which is a super exciting port for a lot of reasons. It has... Um, great churches that are very unique, so people that are into some of that historical uh, presence in terms of the uh, biblical side will find that very interesting, and also some of their um, uh, cemeteries in that area. Mm -hmm. Halifax was one of the major areas where a lot of the survivors and uh, people from the Titanic were brought, and Mm -hmm. so there is a Museum there, which I've had the opportunity, Mark and I, to explore, and that's just a wonderful thing. I know it's a little strange on a cruise ship to talk about that, but it's mm-hmm. a fact, and it's a great uh, it's a great side uh, visit there. Then we move on to Sydney, Nova Scotia, and uh, that's a historical uh, area, the capital, and it has uh, a lighthouse that's there that's very prominent, and it's got the charm of that particular region. I think people will enjoy some of the walking trails. And some of the beautiful things to see there. And then we go on to um, Charlestown, Canada, and that's actually um, Prince uh, Rupert uh, Island area. And that one has an example of the, um, I'm sorry, Prince Edward's Island. I was going to say, I think it's Prince Prince Edward.
0: Edward. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Edward Island. And uh, that one is very interesting, too, because it has a, a historical difference in terms of how people have lived in in other times. It's really a a great one. So that's going to be fun. Then we cruise the St. Lawrence River, which is uh, another, you know, historical area. There's a lot of history in that entire uh, region. And we wind up uh, the next port, which is Quebec. And um, the Quebec City, of course, is the walled city. It is a super, super historical area Mm -hmm. in Canada. And one of the things that I always tell people to do there is to go and grab a beaver by the tail. And uh, people say, what do you mean by that? Well, they sell something there called a beaver tail. And a beaver tail is actually a pastry that is done up there, but it's kind of shaped like a beaver tail. And uh, it's got honey and uh, uh, almonds and other things on it in the pastry sense. And it's Mm. just a wonderful. And then we continue cruising on and we wind up in Montreal. One of my personal favorites, and I think Martha's too, in terms of all of Canada. Montreal is like taking a trip into France without going across the pond into Europe. Yes. It uh, basically is uh, a French feeling totally. They they speak French uh, most of the time. Sometimes that's the first thing they'll respond to is in French and then English. And the feel of it, the food, the charm, the elegance, all of that is a French experience in North America. So it's a... just a super exciting time. Uh some people will take an extra day or two or so in uh Montreal area. I know we're planning to do that as well. So the way I look at this is our fall foliage cruise is a super itinerary and ports.
0: Yes, a it fantastic
1: seems like it. cruise line and ship, that being Holland America, and this is the Rotterdam. And then we've got the Wow. Winemaker, our VIP from Nebraska. And uh, let me just, uh, Megan, tell you a little bit about the ship. This particular ship for Holland America is one of the more unique ones because she's a smaller ship. Yep. She's only 1,400 guests. So she's going to have that intimate feel. And she's got seven restaurants or cafes, six different entertainment venues, seven bars and lounges, two swimming pools, one that has a glass-covered dome that slides over it in case we have any inclement weather, spawns yep. spawn of course, fitness center, and then a shopping and uh, internet cafe and library. Um, there's Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi onboard access, casino, and, of course, the sports area. So it's a phenomenal ship. She's got the smaller feel because she's navigating the uh, inland waterways there of mm-hmm. the St. Lawrence.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like those smaller ships. They're nice. It doesn't feel like a cattle car. And Holland America Line, I mean, they do have children's programming, but it doesn't tend to be something like a carnival where, you know, there's just children running around. So as far as vibe goes, I think it's a good fit for your winemakers cruise.
1: It is, it is. And that's why we've had all 10 years have been on one of the damn ships, as they like to call them. <laughs> the uh, end of their things are always the damn ships because of coming from uh, the Holland uh, uh, heritage. Now the other side of our cruise, which the winemakers cruise, of course, is the wine and yes. the winemakers. So we have uh, exclusive uh, wine tastings with these delicious wines from Nebraska. James Arthur Winery of Nebraska, Jim and uh, Barbara Ballard, and they are the largest um, winery in Nebraska. There's about 40 wineries in Nebraska. I was going to
0: say, how and, many are there? Tell us about that. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, there's 40. I've had the opportunity to speak to the wine growers there a number of times, so I'm pretty, um, you know, intimately uh, known, and I know the wines from that region. And, um, you know, we how we pick these winemakers, and I know you would ask me that, um, part of it is that we want, number one, we want fantastic wines. So we mm-hmm. want unique, award-winning wines. That's what we look for. Then we want the winemaker and uh, <clears throat> the winery you know, people to be very passionate about their products. So we look for artisan and boutique wineries, and that's what we're really looking for: small batches, of unique opportunities. And they can order this. There's there's none available for them to purchase. In other words, they have all of our tastings and our events and things, but they can order this um, on on uh, when they're on the trip, and then it's shipped to their home. So mm-hmm. if they have interest in, they can do it, and they can follow up, of course, with the winery and their website because they do ship around the country. And that's a unique opportunity because you can't go into a store or a restaurant and buy these wines for the most part. They may be in a local store, but even then it's very limited. So that's the exciting part. We have private wine paired uh events. Uh we have a private wine paired luncheon, which is our piece de Resistance. It's mm-hmm. our most exciting event. We we pair these with the elaborate uh private uh, wine lunch that's held in the Pinnacle Grill on board the uh, cruise ship, and that's just it. And then lots of other opportunities. Uh, we have a funny storytelling time at the end of our lunch. That's just to consume the leftover wines, and that's always a lot of fun. <laughs> and this year, in addition to James Arthur uh, Vineyard and uh, the wonderful things of uh, Jim and Barbara Ballard, and they've been on, uh, I think, five of our wine cruises in the past so they're uh, they're not new to the winemakers they haven't been on the last couple of years we also have with us um larry schuster and he has country pines winery out of uh nebraska as well okay. and larry's been on some of our programs in the past and he's going to be there with uh, one of his new releases he's a little smaller uh, very small because again james arthur is the largest and so he usually has one or two and he's going to um uh, grace us with some wonderful wines as well. And then, as just an added, uh, Part of the venue, we have wine growers from New Mexico that are coming on board, and uh, that's Ron and Melinda Howes of Silver Crane Vineyards. And they uh, have been on a number of our winemakers' cruises, and they're there to kind of enhance anybody's uh, questions about the growing process of the uh, grape and how that all works. So uh, we are just super excited about a venue. Again, the itinerary, the ship, and the wines, you couldn't ask for a better pairing.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, I wish I was, we just moved from Boston, you know, I want to say recently, but it was three years now, and that would have been ideal, especially because I had child care there. But I've been to a lot of those ports because of living in that area, so first off, in Boston, if you're a baseball fan, you got to go do the whole Fenway thing. And while That's you're right. while you're at Fenway... There's, um, my oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the street, but there's a, there's a crepery there called Neighborhoods mm-hmm. Cafe and they make really excellent crepes and it's, and you could get a crepe you, and you can, they can put it in a sleeve. You can walk to Fenway with it, but the combinations are very good. It's a, you know, a mom and pop type thing. And they're just, that whole strip of restaurants are all excellent. And it's a little bit off the path, but, um, you know, it's, you know, uh, a little bit busy over there because there's a lot of people, but that's some, you know, place that you got to eat while you're there. They don't serve seafood, but they that's serve excellent crepes. Yeah. And then while you're in Bar Harbor, if you have the opportunity to do um a lobster cruise, like where they show, like it's catch and release, but they show you the process, which is very, Not- int- it's very interesting because they don't keep all of them and the fishermen have a way of notching the lobsters. So that they know like, excuse me, like this is a, an egg laying female or, and they have like these, these tools to measure them that have basically been passed down since like the 17th century as to how to measure a lobster. It's just, and you get to band them, you know, use the, the claw, like band, like rubber band things. And it's. Like I held the lobster and it started flipping around. It was really and then, and it's trying to pinch you at the same time. So it's a little crazy, but oh, I no. managed. I managed to get the thing banded, but it, it's really interesting. And you go out on these small boats. They're pretty small, and you can see, you know, for meters and meters down into this clear, crisp, dark water, which is both beautiful and terrifying. So anyway, that's a good experience if you get a chance. Yes to
1: oh, do that that i've done in bar harbor and i'm going to do it again and anybody on our group that wants to join me i ran a bicycle and you know being a cyclist and uh, i ride into uh, acadia uh, national park
0: mm. That's you can really do it right good.
1: from the port and that's a wonderful experience as well
0: yeah and give you a chance to burn off some of those calories you guys are consuming exactly. pairing all that wine and rich food
2: and lobster, um lobster calories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those yes. aren't calories. Those don't count.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take so, your word on that. So
1: I will tell you that, uh, for your, you know, uh, listeners, you know, the, Winemakers Maker's Cruise, this one will sell out fast. And yeah. the reason for that is because it is a smaller ship and we already have a significant number of bookings that are already booked. I think we're up close to uh, 30 already. And oh. so. Uh, How we, many do uh, you take? We, well, we actually max out, this one will be about 80. That'll max it. Okay. Um, okay. So. It's going to be, uh, and winemakerscruise.com is the website for it, but uh, we know that this one will sell out because, again, she's a smaller ship, and, of course, the um, the intimacy of uh, our winemakers keeping it to that size helps everybody to interact with the winemakers and the wine growers and uh, all the rest of us. We want to have people really, really uh, integrated into sharing uh, glass-to-glass time, as we like to call it.
0: Yep, and we'll put all of that information up on th- in the show notes and we'll 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 link you guys in your as the guests, they'll be able to contact you if the, if they wanna participate, which I think we should say it'll sell out more quickly because all of your sell out, but this one just has the ability to sell out faster because you don't have the room. So right. um right. everybody right. just get on that if you want to because I did have some people write me in Post your other trip and say how do I find out about the next one and I said don't worry we'll have them on again so here we are
1: absolutely and in fact uh, speaking of selling out uh, Martha you might want to talk a little bit about our first European uh, experience in the uh, specialty winemakers cruise that we're doing
2: okay Uh, well it's exciting because April 19th of next year we are we have a cruise the enchanting wine, wine excuse me Cruise the Enchanting Rhine with Black Mesa Winery. And we have a nice group of people going on, Ama Waterways. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you that it has been uh, it's so – we're pretty sold out. Now, we do have um, – we may have one cab, one stateroom left, but it, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. It departs on um, April 19th, and it's a week, and it actually starts in date. Basil. And it, uh, yep. basil I'm what? sorry, basil. Um, and then uh, works its way up to Amsterdam, and it's a beautiful cruise. And of course, Amma Waterways. You know, we always choose our uh, our the cruise lines that we're doing business with. Uh, we have a criteria of our own, but it's always exciting when we learn things uh, like Amma Waterways has just received four prestigious town and country uh, cruise awards for 2017. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, they got Best Overall, uh, Best Onshore Activities, Best Onboard Activities, and Best Food. They got those four awards, and it's exciting to know that, uh, that, that this is the cruise line that we've chosen. And, uh, of course, I know that everybody's going to have a wonderful time, and Black Mesa Winery, they're the ones that are hosting it. They're just going to be on board. There's going to be special, uh, tastings that they're going to have on board the, um, the river cruise. And they are going to have special, uh, wine visits, winery visits just for our group. So we, again, we might just have one stateroom available. It was pretty sold out, but, um, so, you know, I keep track. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a Cruise line every once in a while, check with them yeah. and see if there's a cancellation and I just uh two days ago they told me they had one, so we may just have a spot available if one of the listeners is interested so they can uh, Call me, and and I'd be happy to see if we can get them on board. It's and, on the Alma Dante,
1: and Black Mesa Winery is from New Mexico, one of the top wineries in our state, and have won a number of awards. Uh, they've been involved with uh, pretty much all of our winemakers' cruises in some uh, aspect, mm-hmm. and they're just. Wonderful couple, uh, Jerry and Linda Bird, and they'll be hosting that particular event. So we are really excited about that, and hope for future things with. Uh, that's AMA, what I was going to say. Is uh, there
0: going to be a follow-up to that? Because, absolutely. okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Did you know that AMA gives like ladies a, a lovely scarf and men a cap to be warm when you're outside?
2: That's he, a wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful
0: i have one from a training i went to i ended up like winning a raffle i had no idea why my name was being called but i won this beautiful scarf and the people that do the training for it like you can tell that they know their product is amazing and they're just so charismatic and in love with what they sell it just makes you want to go on their specific family of ships
1: so and they were the first ones to have bicycles on river uh, cruises, and they're free of charge for, you know, the guests to uh, take, and they can ride, you know, uh, around the ports or whatever, and it's just uh, another nice touch.
0: Yeah, and that's the cool thing about river cruising for people that haven't done it or don't uh, necessarily understand it is that you are slowly drifting into, well, not drifting, but going into the heart of another city. So every morning you wake up and ta-da, you're in a new city. So you take that bike off? and you ride it around and explore a new local area. So yeah. good, good opportunity.
2: Yes.
0: Well, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Nevis, which was our two weeks ago episode, which um, listeners don't know the connection, but I do, in that, um, Keith, you are the, um now let me get your title correct, you tell me, you are the Board of Tourism training person?
1: Yes. Uh, essentially, you know, through my uh, my speaking and my training uh, venues that I do, and our business in that area, I just finished the third year this uh, October of doing the training for the Nevis. Travel Symposium. It's the Romance Symposium, they call it, for Nevis. And what that is, is to train the travel industry uh, professionals that want to learn more about the product of Nevis and how to sell and market the Nevis uh, venue. And so I, my topic this year was the power of passion for Nevis. And I've got to tell you that Nevis, for Martha and I, ranks up in the top, you know, three experiences in, for me, over 43 years mm. in the travel industry, and Martha well over 35 in the industry, it, it's, that of a, it's that much of a wow. The way I like to talk about it is the, it is the island of romance, first off. In fact, uh, a number of travel publications have indicated that Nevis is the most romantic island in the Caribbean. And that's saying a lot. It is an island that is not as well known, which is kind of the uniqueness of it. I like yes. to think of it as a far away feel and yet close to home. Yes. So, being that it's one of the uh, Caribbean islands, and I really look at it from five different standpoints. The first is the people and the culture, the people and the culture there are unique. Every single person that we met were super friendly and super interesting and really wanted you to have a true experience of the island that they love. And there is just a ton of culture there in, in so many ways. The beauty of the island itself, it's nature at its best. For example, there's no fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. There's really no major amount of shopping. It's not one of these things where you're going to have vendors trying to uh, hawk their wares to you. There yeah. is really none of that. Then there's the uniqueness, just Mm. the unique structure in which everything is is set up. Uh, No building can exceed a a palm tree in height. So you don't have these uh, mega high rise resorts. Uh, You have the true island feel. And in fact, our experience this year, uh, the last two years we were at the Four Seasons, wonderful experience. This year we were on a plantation and uh and there's a number of properties that are like that and uh this particular one um we had the opportunity to stay in small bungalows only 17 units mm-hmm. uh, on the, the we dined one night in a sugar mill by candlelight and torches wow on gourmet uh, dining. So, you know, th- all of that. And of course, phenomenal wines too. The wines there uh, mostly from France, but, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, of aviance to it. And so then again, the food, we had a cooking class this year on the beach and they brought in a chef. They do a number of things throughout the year with celebrity chefs and they have a mango festival and yes. they have all kinds of like this. So they gave us an experience and all of the people in the Romance Symposium Group, the uh, travel agents and travel professionals and advisors, they were on the beach and they paired up in teams. And so we had uh, 20 teams that were there, and they were cooking uh, with the hot plates. Everybody had a hot plate in front of them in their teams, and we had a chef, and he guided us through doing red snapper and then producing a um, a mango uh, Kolesla. ginger coleslaw. Uh, sloth. So oh, delicious. Yeah. And so we had a fun time with that. And then the last part is there is so many opportunities for adventure. So whether you want to do, they have uh, cycling, they have uh, off uh, roading on kind of a jeep type thing. There's of course uh, swimming. They even have a triathlon throughout the year, but there's I saw a lot that. of opportunities. Hiking and, of course, standard things like golf. There's and several war, world-class golf courses. They did a catamaran experience for us to show us what could be done on that. Takes it out up and down the uh, the coastline and then stops, and everybody jumped off and went swimming and uh, out, and it was just a phenomenal experience. So uh, tons of things. So it's the people, the culture, the beauty, uniqueness, food, and the adventure. That is the passion
0: of Nevis. I really like the idea of it being the romance island. I mean, not that I want to get too much into the romance aspect, but I like when my husband was booking our honeymoon, this is prior to me being in the travel industry. He just went to a travel agent and said, I mean, the, at that point he was in the service and the Air Force pretty much said, this is when you can get married and this is when you can take a honeymoon. So he went there and said, these are my exact dates. What can I do? And they said, oh, here's a carnival cruise. And they handed him a honeymoon brochure that had like one person on it, like, like a couple on the bow of the ship, you know, something like, something like what's that movie, Titanic? I don't know, you know, where they're on the bow of the ship and they're in love. And it was a cattle car, which that's what it felt like, which, you know, if you have kids that age, which now we do, so that would be more of an appropriate type thing, but not for a honeymoon. When I think of the way you and Denora talk about Nevis, I think, yeah. For a couple starting their new life together, you're in this tropical paradise. There's enough space for you to both observe nature and also, like, focus on each other without the distractions of our crazy, hyper-stimulated world and also have good food and, you know, good amenities and hotels and all these sort of things. So, yeah, that, Nita, sounds wonderful. Can people contact you you about that or are you going to, or should we put them to Denora?
1: Yeah, and actually we can do that. Also, uh, Nevis, uh, it's just uh, uh, nevisisland.com. Uh, they have a website, too, so mm-hmm. uh, all the way around, any, any of those ways. Is
2: what possible. I wanted, I just wanted to say that um, even if someone was listening and they're not going on, they're not on a honeymoon, maybe they're just uh, a triathlete or somebody that wants to just get away or somebody that uh, wants to take, you know, their girlfriend or friend, um, it really, it offers so much for so many people, and I like to think of it like this that from the bohemian type traveler mm-hmm. to the scale to the upscale traveler, Nevis has it all. So if somebody just wants to kick back on the beach and feel and listen to some Caribbean steel band music and just want to like be in their, you know, flip flop, sitting back, having a, uh, a, a sting, what's that beast? What is that? There's a drink that they have there, Stinger B or something that um, that people drink and just you know chill out. That's fine. But if you want to be in a, they have accommodations for people from the bo bohemian type to the upscale that want Mm -hmm. you know the uh, the ultimate luxury with a private pool and private chef and. Uh, you know it, they have everything there, so it is Nevis really has it all it' it's, It is just fabulous, and what 's wonderful is it's that even when you go to the uh, even the largest resort, which is the four seasons you 're not talking about hundreds upon hundreds of people it 's still a beautiful, intimate four seasons, and then of course the others are are even smaller but it it really has it has it all.
1: And the wildlife is funny because this year, being on the plantation, we actually had donkeys. We're talking a lot of wild donkeys that were outside our window baying at night. It was was very keeping you up. They were outside. They were
2: down. The 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 property has a a perimeter that they have so that donkeys don't go onto the property. Uh But Uh out there, it was so funny. You can hear them, and it just it's just so beautiful.
0: Good. Well, thanks for expanding on that even more. It was really a pleasure to have Denora on the program and I wish I had not ended the recording when I did because she just kept talking about it because she really does love the product that much. So it's good to hear you yeah. also talk about it because it's, yeah, sounds like a great place to visit. Well, guys, I, I don't want to end it without giving you the opportunity to talk about anything else we're missing or to possibly give us a teaser on something I know you have on the horizon for people who may not drink wine, but drink.
2: It's exciting.
1: Toasting, tasting, and touring, kind of a a little bit different uh, approach, but we have a brand new uh, venue that we're doing. Uh, It's also in October, Mm -hmm. so the first part of October is our winemakers cruise number 10, but then the latter part of october we have kind of a halloween spectacular in a way because it's trick and treat we are going to do our first brew
0: yeah that's awesome and exciting
1: at craft beer area craft beer industry um, on board a uh, raw caribbean ship and, uh, it's going to, uh, be doing eight days, so it's a little longer, um, out of, uh, Florida, uh, Fort Lauderdale. And, okay. uh, it's, it's going to be an exciting trip. Uh, we have one of our local New Mexico, and it's one of the leading micro breweries that is going to be our host of that particular trip. Martha and I will be on board, mm-hmm. but they'll be hosting it, and that's Nexus Brewery. It's Nexus Caribbean Brew Cruise. And we are so excited about that. So there will be more coming up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, an eight-day uh, Eastern Caribbean cruise on the adventure of the seas. Royal Caribbean. So okay, much great. more uh, coming on. And Halloween will be on board. So you can bet there will be some tricks and treats.
0: <laughs> okay. We will do a special episode just on the Brew Cruise. And also because it's Royal Caribbean, excellent family facilities. And especially around, you know, Halloween time, they do some fun, fun things. So I don't know if you guys yeah. are talking ter- Targeting families, but I do know they have the child care if you know it's kind of a, that's why I think cruising is great for families because it gives people you know, both date time and family time. So you know yeah, Date exactly. time to taste the brews and then some family time later on. So there you go. Well yeah. thank you so much for being on the program again. I just you guys were wonderful guests both times and i just had so much fun i wanted to have you on again to talk about your next options is there anything else before we finish up
1: bar do you want one last line I'll no i mic. just
2: want to say thank you so much megan for the opportunity to uh, talk about all these exciting things you know the world of travel is so wonderful and it um is. you know that being in it yourself yeah. but to really uh Put things together and some exciting adventures and memorable vacations for people. That's just that is so rewarding. But it, it's even it's even more fun when we get to uh, join our guests. Although we are working, but hey, if you have to work, it should if be you fun have to work, work. Yeah, if you have to work work on a cruise ship with a group of fun people. So <laughs> all right, and thank I'll, you, Megan.
1: And I'll just end with one of my favorite uh, toasts. There are big ships and there are small ships, but the best ships are friendships. friendships. And those are the friendships that we make, new and old, on board our wonderful winemakers' cruises.
0: Well, thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much.
2: We'll talk to you next year.
0: That sounds great. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you guys soon.
2: Okay. Thank you, Megan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.